welcome everybody to Who's Your Band? I am Jeffrey Paul. I am joined by Sean Morton. How are you, Sean? Clean shaven, fresh face, half asleep. I'm ready to go. Yeah, baby faced. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just in the car for seven hours. You shut up. <laughs> guy. Wow. He, <laughs> congratulations, Mark. Jeff is known for cutting shut, off every shut up. Yes. We got we didn't even introduce him yet. Well, we I'm doing it. it. I'm doing it because you're a fucking Rude piece of shit who constantly cuts people off. So I'm going to say it now. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my distinct honor for the second time on this podcast. Not what only is he? a great comedian, but he's one of my favorite comics and one of the only people I can actually deal with on a regular basis in comedy, Mr. Mark Riccadonna. What's up, guys? What's up? And he's also, Sean blows it. He's also an actor. He's he's, <laughs> he's 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 got a project out now which people should be watching Beer League Two. Uh, he has a movie coming out. I mean, Riccadonna is all over the place. How are you? Mark? Are you in Beer League Two because you're about forty pounds away from looking like Artie Lang? That was part of the uh, uh, appeal, I think, to how I got involved. <laughs> <laughs> I have the alcohol intake and weight of Artie Lang. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good actor, this Riccadonna. Good actor, good guy, but he's also a very knowledgeable music guy. And what we're doing tonight is what well, seems that people like the best on this show, and that is our list when we do these countdowns. And a lot of t- uh, shows will do top 10. We make it harder. We make it hurt. Okay? And this one had to be a top five. And this was a hard one. This was a hard so it's one. really hard. You think? Yes, it was. I had a revelation when I was doing this list. I'm not going to give a thing. But I have a revelation in the fact that Aerosmith really um, blew the fuck up from 89 on. Like, I, I was always a fan of their early stuff. But when you look at the amount of hits they had from, from the Pump album on, it's stupid. Oof. And that's what made picking the, a five, a, the top five was hard on this one. Again, yeah. that, that, that's what I said. This, this, this one is a tough one. And yeah, to, to spoil the surprise, we are doing a top five of Aerosmith, which <laughs> is arguably you're posting it I, for five days in a row. What's your top five Aerosmith song? Well, that's just on social oh, media. That's not the people you know, listening. Wall of this and we'll get and we'll and we'll get to, to the list on social media because this also uh, we got probably the most feedback on on this list. Again, this list too. By the way, I looked this, at them. There was a lot of shitty ones. Well, th- you know what? This is like I was just saying. Um, I think this is arguably, you know, the best American band, best American well, rock band. They say that they're the American Rolling Stones because, yeah. you know, people compare them to the Rolling Stones because they have the brooding guitar player and they have the ambiguous flamboyant singer who dances around. But I think they might be the American Led Zeppelin. Well, we'll 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 talk about that because I think there are some some crossovers if if we have similar songs on this list. But I think when you look at the three top American rock bands, okay, maybe throw four in there. Do a Mount Rushmore. I think I think it really it's hard to exclude Aerosmith. I think a lot of people would put the Eagles. I think a lot of people would put Van Halen, and I think a lot of people would put the Beach Boys. I don't know who, who else, where else you would draw from, but these are the bands, especially Aerosmith, is always at the top of the conversation. So it's very difficult to come up with a top five 
in a band that has spanned you know multiple decades and have gone through different incarnations of just like music so let's get at it man and we'll we'll start with our guest first start with your your five songs if jade right, well, was number one on everybody's list i don't know if we should continue with this or pink, actually pink is probably the number one song on everybody's list i'm gonna tell you right, right now it's on my it's on my list of songs that i hate okay right. so real quick i have i i i wanna i've made two lists because there's studio Aerosmith that I want to hear the actual album version of, and there's live concert Aerosmith, where they're just a gritty hard rock band that I really like. So I had I, to do two lists. I think, I think Aerosmith live album, especially live bootleg, is maybe the best live album uh, that a band has ever put out because it truly is live. In fact, yeah. it, during live bootleg, you can hear like the fireworks going off in the background. Because <laughs> that was a thing that you used to do. Uh, I remember going to concerts and like you would get like a pack of firecrackers, tie them together, throw it up in the air and hope yeah, that it would go up before it hit the ground. You know, it would explode in the air. And people used to throw up M80s in the air as well. <laughs> that was the thing. Crazy, dude. We, we used to take stink bombs, you know, like the smoke bombs. Light them and then roll them down the aisles in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Degenerate. Do you just think that? You, but this is this is common stuff. This is what we did. Like I don't know, we used to coke. <laughs> and yeah, I, and I feel degenerate. like somebody bring stink bombs. Oh, I don't know. I'm such an underachiever. I just got drunk and went to concerts. I know. Like, what's you wrong bring, with you? Didn't bring paraphernalia that you had to go into Pennsylvania to buy. <laughs> In, in Staten Island, you didn't need to go. You just needed to know a guy. Oh, yeah. You, you just needed to know a guy. So, Mark, what, guy. what's your number five song? Let's get this. Let's number go. five, the studio song. Number five studio song that I love is Dude Looks Like a Lady. I know it's cliche, but it's no, fucking good. No, it's not cliche, man, because let me tell you, that whole freaking permanent vacation record is a solid freaking record, man. Oh, it's so good. And th But then live, live. I go with Last Child. Mm. Okay. All right, but uh, go back to Dude Looks Like a Lady. Great song. Um, I kept it off of my list, not because I, I thought it was cliche. It's just because you had to make some hard cuts. And yeah. so when you, you're doing elimination, I'm, I was trying to find things that kind of stood out and was a little bit different, but that's a great, great list. That's a, that's a great start. Okay, John, you're number five. I, I I did the same thing. I mean, I had it on my on my pro, my prelim list, but then I decided to do something where I'm not uh, repeating the same album twice on the list because I very oh. easily could have. I very did you hate making things easier. You just yeah, have to. I, I, I listen four years of a podcast with this asshole. Trust me, I take the hard road every time. Um, <laughs> no. So I went number five. And again, like like you said, you thought it might be a little cliche, but I went with Love in an Elevator off a of pump from uh, 1989. Fantastic song. Love that's that good, song. That's a good one, too. I like good Love video, it. too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, is a, that is a good one. Um, for me, I'm going to go a little different here. And I'm, I'm going to go right out the box. I don't know if either one of you guys have this. And I'm going to go with an album that didn't have Joe Perry on it off of uh, rock. Yeah. Off of rock and a hard place. The album with Jimmy Crespo 
and Whitford, Brad Whitford left the band as well. The 1982 song, I liked Lightning Strikes. Um, it's very, very like early Aerosmith MTV, awful video, bad, bad effects, bad fake uh, uh, lighting, but I love the song. Okay, so for me, I'm I'm gonna go a little bit different here. I don't know if anyone has this on their list. I don't remember seeing it on the list that people gave us. But I'm gonna go lightning strikes. Wow, nice. All right, I know. Let's let's do this like as a snake, like a snake draft, and I'll go with my number four song, and I'll go. Uh, I don't know if if you guys have this, but I'm gonna go with um, uh, draw the line. Um, I think. I think it's a great Aerosmith style song. I like the back and forth between uh, Perry and Brad Whitfield on this, you know, the, the, the guitars. Um, it has the Tyler trademark scream. Um, and it also has, like, when they it, when they do it live, they do throw these little snippets of whole lot of love in there. So when you, when you said uh, they remind you a little bit of Zeppelin, that's kind of like the crossover, and there are other songs like that, but that's the first one that comes up for me. So for me, my number four is Draw the Line. Sean, number four for you. So I had Back in the Saddle as number four, but then I threw it off my list because I realized I had to go a little newer, and this is the newest Aerosmith song that I have on my list. It's from 1993, which means, which kind of shows you I don't care for much of the stuff after 93. So I picked Get a Grip, but I picked the song Crying. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a very that's a very like like almost like 50 style song, right? Yeah, it's an MTV radio friendly hit. Again, Alicia Silverstone and Liv Tyler in a video almost making out kind of pops a chub when you're 17. I'll tell you that right now. That's the video when they go into the store and they take all the stuff. The guy keeps telling them to take the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a great that one. Same thing? Yeah, that's a good one. You want the register? Go ahead, take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh my I, god! Yeah, then so take a, I, yeah, go ahead, well, Mark. No, I was going to say that uh, I so my my studio one was "Sweet Emotion." That was the my studio song that I thought was good, and then the live that I like hearing live was amazing. Mm. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about "Sweet Emotion," okay? That makes it's going to make a lot of people's list. When, Can we'll, you yeah. hear that song and not think of Dazed and Confused? No, I think of uh, the Starsky and Hutch remake when I hear that. Um, I, I think when we talk, when we're off air, when we're talking about movies that we like, that's a comedy that I like. But as a song, um, in Rolling Stones' top 500 songs of all time, that song made the list. It came in at number 416. Um, I think it's like one of those songs that, you know, that Perry does. Like, remember in the 70s, the big thing was like the talk box? Yeah. Know? Brampton wow. did it, yes. You know, well, Perry does that in, in this song uh, as well. Um, at, at the beginning, you know, like, is it, it sounds like it's maracas. That Yeah. Okay, it's not maracas. It's in the, in the, when they were recording that, they couldn't find maracas, okay? So Steve Perry, uh, not Perry, uh, Hyler, he improvised and used uh, sugar packets to make that sound. That's, that's a true story. And he, that's what he's doing. He's shaking the sugar packets. To I, make, and the make year that, that they made that, I thought you were going to say baggies of cocaine. <laughs> I, I, I wish it was as scandalous, but no, it was, you know, it, that's what it was. It was the sugar packets. 
And knowing them now, if they redo it, they do it with splendor. <laughs> well, that's right, because they're all diabetics now. Okay. So, <laughs> so we have gone through two rounds. We, we Okay, we're up to number three. Mark, give us your number three. You're back to back. Number three, Studio One, Janie's Got a Gun. I love that song. I absolutely love that one. And then for uh, Live, Living on the Edge. Both both phenomenal songs. Sean, you're, you're muted again. Stupid. No, I had my thing unplugged. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, my ears still work. My mic from my uh, work, though. Dick. So, when we, Jamie's Got a Gun. Great song off of Pump. Um, they're probably their high, one of the highest charted songs. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, number number four on the Billboard charts. They won a Grammy for this song. I don't know if you guys knew that. Uh, for best, best rock performance with a vocal. Um, I love that song. I mean, I think it has a great riff. It has that great rhythmic clapping to it. Um, it's it's super memorable. And do you know how, why Stephen wrote that song? No. I so they're in the studio and they're just, you know, they're, they're trying to come up with with songs for the for the album and there's a little bit of downtime and there's a an article there's a, a time magazine there and he starts skimming through it and the article's about children being attacked by their mothers and fathers and he just kind of like read it and said like i have to you know sing about this i have to i have to you know get this out there and there was kind of like a kind of like a controversial line in the song about rape and you know, for radio airplay, they had to kind of go in and rechange the the lyric. There was another one too, and they said when she, when he goes, uh, "Take him down easy and put a bullet in his brain." They would say that on MTV, but if it was on the radio, it would say, uh, "Take him down easy." She lost him in the pouring rain. Yes, yes, that was the that was the remake. Yeah. So stupid, so fucking stupid. Okay. You look at what's on radio now, and you go. Yeah. I love Tom Cotter's bit. I don't know if you ever saw it about how he compares uh, how ba how baby it's cold outside gets uh, banned. That he compares it to the lyrics to "What Ass Pussy." Yeah. <laughs> One of the fucking funniest bits I've I've seen in twenty years. It's brilliant. It, it's absolutely it, brilliant. It, it's brilliant. Um, <laughs> on the opposite side of that, Sean, you're number three. I heard that little dig. <laughs> I don't think you slipped under the radar with that one. Um. Yeah, number three again. So when you had mentioned "Dude Looks Like a Lady," uh, I went with the same record, but I went with "Ragdoll" as number three. You know, that's when I left off, but that's a great, great song too. Yeah, a... I, I think that you know "Walk This Way" was uh, you know really their their kind of uh, burst back into the scene, right? But I think this "Ragdoll" video was the one that really made it, like put them back on the map as a band as well like not just steven tyler and joe perry like you felt the whole band presence in this in this video too so that's why i went with that one off permanent vacation that's a great one um okay so, so number three and i'm gonna put this i could put this higher i'm just gonna I, i'm just excited to put it out there now um and this is studio but a better live song is train kept the rolling uh, um not something that they wrote themselves Okay, but the, it's a song that's identified with them. Um, it's a song that uh, Steve and Joe and and Tom Hamilton, they they did this before they were even in Aerosmith, um, and they were influenced uh, to do this song because the Yardbirds did it. But the Yardbirds did it 
in the era of Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page together. So again, that Zeppelin kind of crossover with, with Aerosmith. Um, there are a lot of different versions of the song. Um, they always would put this in their sets. They play this at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I've, I've been there to, to and, and watch them do like extended jams with other uh, artists and guitar players in it. This is a great jam song. It's a great song. Um, I think it's the best song off of the of uh, the live bootleg album. So for me, I'm going to go Train Kept a Rolling. Um, and that brings us to our last two songs. And mm -hmm. for me, uh, where do I go with this? Because you guys stole a couple of mine. Um, I will go with um, probably the first. No, I'm not gonna go with the first song I heard. I'm gonna go you with say your list the way it was. Who cares if we said it? You no, because I don't want to have duplicates because there were so many. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, a song called "Same Old Song and Dance." Um, it's a different sound for them, uh, but it keeps that Aerosmith blues feel. Um, I also like that there's not a lot of Aerosmith songs with horns, and yeah, you do you do have like. You do have the integration of horns in this one. So again, a, a, a little bit different sound. Um, I remember years ago, there was a, a, um, a compilation album called California Jam. And it's the first time I really uh, was into Ted Nugent and and a couple of other, Frank Marino, Mahogany Rush. I remember they really stood out on this. And Aerosmith was on the bill in, in California Jam. And the big song off of it for me was Same Old Song and Dance. Great live version, great uh, album version. Um, that's my number two song. Sean, your number two. I went with, uh, I mean, it's gotta be their most popular song, but I think it's, I, I put it on the list because I mean, no matter what, it's still a fucking amazing song. 40, no 50, literally 50 years later. I went with dream on. First song I ever that, heard. First song I ever heard by them. Really? And that I, was the hardest one to not put on my list. I went, I, I, you know, dude, I, I fucked around with it too. I was like, and, and like, I don't know. I, I try to be as honest as I can with these lists, but like, it may not be my favorite song of theirs by far, but you got to admit, it's like, it's probably the one or two best songs they've ever done. You know, I think it's their, I think it's their stairway to heaven. Yeah. I course. think it's, I think it's their free bird. Um, but let me ask you something. You've heard it a million times. Right. Are you bored of it? Uh, no, 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 I'm not. No, um, I this was also one of the songs that were on the Billboard, uh, not the Billboard, the uh, Rolling Stone 500. It came in at number 172 of top 500 songs of all time. And just to talk about the popularity of the song is over a billion streams. Okay, um, and and the funny thing about this, a little side it's note, it's the Matt Reif of music. Matt, why is it why is it the Matt Rife of music? Billion views. Uh, <laughs> Jeff has no idea what that means. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I know. What, what, what are you talking about? The, the Rick and Dana? Um, Steven Tyler wrote this I just song. meant because your jokes suck online. I didn't mean I wasn't making it oh, up. Is, is that what that means? Yeah, that's all I meant. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't get that dig either. Um, <laughs> Steven wrote this song when he was 14 years old. I didn't know that. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, Mark, Jeff does all the research. I just smoke pot. Yeah. That's basically what happens. I'm yeah. Sean, I'm the you on our podcast. <laughs> oh, this is why. Oh, and, 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 and Richie, Richie's the me? 
Yeah, Richie okay. and I get drunk and high and this listen. Is why we gel, dude? Yeah, somebody, yeah. somebody has, <laughs> somebody has to bring the content to the show. Um, but yeah, he wrote this when he was 14 years old, had always kind of kept it in his pocket. Um, what I love about this song is the buildup. Oh, it's yeah. And, and it never, the end never, never gets old for me. Yeah. That's a, that's, it's a, it's definitely a big epic tune. And there's a great, um, there's an amazing version that this band that I, I really, really, truly love called Blacktop Mojo and uh, their singer, they do a cover of Dream On. And let me just tell you, it's, it, that's one of the hardest songs to cover as a singer. And this guy give, does it justice. I mean, it, it, they're an amazing, just hard rock band, a hard rock American band. And to hear them do this was, I think it was like their biggest hit by far too, which is kind of sad. You know, I hate when a cover of a cover is like a fucking uh, a hit song, you know, but, <laughs> but no, it was uh, definitely check it out. Definitely check that version. And, out. You guys will and shout out to Steven Tyler blowing out voice boxes on untrained singers across the country. <laughs> I've never, even, att never even attempted it once. <laughs> never attempted i tried to hit the high note from i'll never let you go by steelheart when i was like in freshman year of high school and fucking bo both balls went right back into the stomach it was like there's never <laughs> they're never gonna do that again is there an outstanding version of of any aerosmith cover can you guys think of what do you mean like sometimes the bands will cover like uh like like i think goth brooks does a great, great cover of Kiss Hard Luck Woman. Oh, right? yeah. That's a right. good cover. Right. Um, have you ever heard of a band do a cover of an Aerosmith song where you're like, hey, man, that's really good. That kind of rivals the original. I just fucking said it a minute and a the half. The last ago. five minutes, Jeff. <laughs> no, I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about like, like a band, you know, something that made it like uh, on the charts or anything like that. It's something that was big. Yeah. No. I mean, not that I know of. I mean, because there are there are like tribute albums and stuff like that, and, and some of but like anything that kind of like maybe charted something that had any type of commercial success, anything like that. I don't think so. You know, yeah, I think honestly, I think the biggest cover that I would know is is that one I just mentioned was the Blacktop Mojo song. I don't think any uh, I know of any other covers for Aerosmith people. I don't think so. Yeah, I've never heard anyone even like attempt to do it. Even when you watch uh, like some of these, I don't watch a lot of it, but some of you watch The Voice or anything that's a singing competition, you don't really see them try a lot of Aerosmith stuff either. Let's see. Well, here's a list. Uh, Testament covered Draw the Line, which I do remember that now. Uh, what else is there? Somebody had to do same song and dance. Same Garth, song. Brooks, Garth Brooks covered Fever. Um, that's off of yeah, it's off of a later album. Oh, duh. Fucking Guns N' Roses does Bama Kin on uh the Live Like a Suicide EP. Okay. Oh, sure. That that may be that that may be the biggest one then. I forget. Yeah, that's the biggest of, of like I'm I'm talking about like a real mainstream band, you know, taking a yeah, shot. That's their at, at that's the biggest one, definitely. Yeah. Because I'm looking at the, yeah, same old song and dance, black and blue did a did a cover of that. Um, but I think that's pretty much it. And then uh, REM did Toys in the Attic. I've never heard that. I would love to hear them trying that. And that's a song I probably should have put on my lips because that's a great it's song. Right? It's uh, funny. So it's like, it looks like the song that was covered the most of Aerosmith was uh, 
No, I'm wrong. Never mind. Good job. <laughs> I got the article wrong. I got, <laughs> just kicked in, Mark. It just <laughs> kicked in. <laughs> On that note, Mark, give us your number two and your number one. So it's funny that we brought these both up. My number two on the live, I was fighting back and forth with Mama Kin and Toys in the Attic. Very, that very was funny. what I was fighting for number two. But because of the list that I had before, this is probably one of the only bands that did this. Instead of kicking five out and moving them all up, I went, no, only one survives. So Mama Kitten survived. Toys in the Attic went away. And then for my studio album was Love in an Elevator. That's a, that, that's a good song. We, we, all right. So did you have one more pick? Did you have a number one? or that? Was oh, and number my one? number ones? My number ones is Live Back in the Saddle. My number one live or a uh, studio is Ragdoll. That's it's that was like I started with that. I knew when we said top five Aerosmith, I went Ragdoll is number one, it, and then I worked backwards. Yeah, it like again tough to do. It's like we could have said, but you can't do Dream On. Kind of like when we did Queen, I don't. I think it would have been kind of like okay, we acknowledge no Bohemian no Rhapsody. No yeah. Rhapsody. Um, yeah, you know, but. I think when we also did Metallica, it's like no Enter Sandman, you know, yeah. uh, because you know, okay, we it it, it it it's it's so unanimously yeah. we know, right? We <laughs> get it, we get it. Your grandmother we, knows it. We get it. <laughs> Sean, what's your number one? Mark had it on his list before. I went number one with Sweet Emotion, both the Toys in the Attic yeah. record. I just think it's got everything in a rock song. It's got and that that breakdown in the middle, right before the choruses, that, that huge, huge riff. God damn. As a guitar play, when you hear that, you're like, motherfucker, it's so easy. It's an easy ass riff, but it's so goddamn good. Joe Perry makes his guitar do stuff that guitar shouldn't do. Yeah, definitely. Like, but he's not a show off. It's the craziest style. There's guys who are technical. There's guys who are technically good, like Ingve Malmsteen. If you watch him, he's just going to sit there and go, but then there's guys who take it from a different level where it comes from inside of them. And sometimes they don't even know what the fuck they're playing. They're going to miss notes and shit like that. But that is just an that that guitar just becomes an extension of what's inside of them. And that's guitar player. There's also guys that were born to be rock stars. Yeah. And Joe Perry is a guy that was born to be a rock star. He looks like a rock star. He looks like a grandmother now that's a rock star. Okay. But he, the guy was, a, you know, he's what, in his late 70s. And he's not only an Aerosmith, he plays in Hollywood vampires. You know, he still goes out with the Joe Perry project. I mean, the guy belongs on stage and playing guitar. And I hope he does it for like another 20 some odd years. He was a little bit of a douche when I met him, though. Really? You you have a Joe Perry story? Yeah, I met him. I went to a book signing of his, and I brought my guitar with me because I have like an acoustic that broke, so I glued the neck back, and then I decided I can't play it again. Let me get it all autographed. So I got tons of people on this thing, like Willie Nelson, Rick Springfield, the Winery Dogs, uh, Gaslight Anthem. I have tons of bands all sign this fucking thing, and uh, Duff McKagan. I got I me mean, real big people, and I bring it. He goes. Nah, man, I don't really want to sign it. Man. Yeah, uh, you could sell it, you know. I'm like, there's 35 autographs on here. He goes, yeah, yeah. and it's just, yeah, and it's just not my thing, you know. It's just not my thing. But I said, how many people in this room have you have you do you think you could have banged back in the day? He goes, that one six times. Let's take a picture. Let's keep this thing moving over here. 
And he was just like a real dick. He was like a real dick. You guys know comedian Steve George? No. No. He uh he was in a band that they went on tour with Aerosmith. Oh, and uh he opened they were you know, went around opening for them and he 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 has great great and positive stories. So it's sad to hear that about Joe that he wouldn't yeah, sign it. Right. But you know what, Mark? And now I like Joe Perry more. God, you guys are Richie and I. <laughs> no, 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 understand something. When you talk about Mark and Richie, uh, both of you have talent. Well, yeah, when you talk about me and Sean, I have talent. Okay. And Sean, I kind of like. Thus I, the great comeback. Anyway, continue. What's your number one there, Dope? Okay, so I'm going to put a song that I don't think anyone put on the, this list. And I'm going to go with Living on the Edge, uh, a song that was written not only with Aerosmith, but Mark Hudson. Uh, wrote with them, and this was another Grammy that they wound up getting. Um, Mark I like did mention it by the way on his live list. Uh, I pay attention, I listen to my um, I'm not self absorbed like other people. Well, I, um, I'm 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 listen, I'm doing things here, things are going on behind the scenes, Sean, that you have no idea what's happening. Oh, okay? really? Yes, um, I could also substitute that out and put what it takes on, um, which I think is an. an yeah, which was a song that was like when you started getting to like later Aerosmith, they started bringing in collaborators so they can kind of like you know be a little, you know a little bit more in the time. And on this one, they brought in the great Desmond Child, who yeah. wrote you know a lot with Bon Jovi and Kiss. Um, and I think what I like about What It Takes is it has that cool country western feel to it. My personal um, favorite Aerosmith song is What It Takes. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, so. That that is that is all this, and I think you know we were all over. I was trying not to like uh, step on anyone's toes with that. Let me bring in some of the uh, comments that that people. I love when when you ask them for your top five, and someone will just give you one song. It's like you know, it's like, like sure, yeah, like four more. I don't need five. This is it, five uh, times. All right, so um, <laughs> Tom Borowski, who who's a, a, a real listener to the show. His top five uh, in order of one through five is Dream On, Crying, What It Takes. There, we just got finished talking about Living on the Edge, Sweet Emotion. That's a solid list. Good list. That's and, a um, Steve, a, Steve. Do you Hart, have songs that you don't like? That I don't like? Uh, I'm going to yeah. give you this one right here. Steve Hart, who listens to this show. He's a writer. Um, uh, big music guy. His number one song is a song I can't stand. I don't want to miss a thing. I, it's a good I, song. It's just the uh, movie it was attached to. It's it's kind of a bad song. I don't it's, like it's kind it. Kind of a bad. I don't, I don't really like it. Yeah, it's too sappy for me. Here's one. I, I'm su I'm surprised you didn't. Put what was the the what was the big lyric in it? I, I um. I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to say goodbye because I'll miss you, darling. But I don't want to miss a thing. It plays at fucking weddings and shit. I don't want to hear yeah. this song. You know, knowing that Bruce Willis is gonna get blown up in an asteroid. Um. <laughs> Um, I, I thought Sean would have put this song on that, that the heart put on. He put on Angel as his number two. That's no, just, not I an Angel, Angel a lot. I'm not, no? I'm, well, no, not not as much as Ragdoll or Dude Looks Like yeah. that record. That was like the sappy ballad for the record. If, That's a if I ballad. directed a movie and there was like a uh, montage of, of them falling in love or something like that, that would be a song I would definitely... Go, this should be oh dude i have okay like, scorsese i have whole scripts in my head with like some of the songs that i want the world to hear 
<laughs> like I have whole scenes written in my head around certain songs that I love personally. That's like, what some of my favorite things in the world to do is when you're driving and you hear a song uh, and just oh, make up of what's going on in a movie with that song. I have the ultimate song for that by a band called Enough's Enough. I don't know if you guys know. Who I, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Love's okay, Enough. Let's finish Steve Hart's list and then get into some of these other lists that people put. He put Love in an Elevator, Ragdoll, Back in the Saddle. Um, Roy Mackey, who listens a lot. Dream On, Crying, What It Takes. Amazing. No one talked about Amazing. Can I, you say What It Takes again? Yeah, another What It Takes. And Angel. What, what It Takes? Like W-A-T-T? He wrote What It Takes. I, I've caught this. Like You can't say the word what. I just realized this. <laughs> I'm saying what? 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 A lot of takes. A lot of takes. Greg Raiden, who was a guest on this show, who works for Live Nation, uh, said, Sweet Emotion, Walk This Way, Ragdoll. Probably in that order. Can't give you two more. Too hard. All right. Um, Nikki Salvatore. Oh, Now, here's a song I, I didn't put on because I thought one of you two jabronis were going to put this on, and neither one of you did. Okay, so he puts Toys in the Attic as number one emphatically. Last Child, great song. Oh, okay. that was originally going to be my yeah, five. That's a great one. Sweet Emotion, Draw the Line. And I'm surprised. I thought definitely, Mark, you were going to go Kings and Queens. That's a good I, It's a great song. So I think hard Mark's to more of a newer Aerosmith fan. Like I, I, well, I, I got that after listening to him. But going in, I thought he would be more like 70s uh, Aerosmith, not 80s, 90s. I, well, the problem was, is that was my youth, was that. So it was like, as a kid, I remember standing in front of the TV, watching MTV, and Aerosmith would come on, and I my jaw would just drop, because it's like, these hot girls, amazing music. And then when I got older, like in high school, Aerosmith was one of those bands you could listen to with mixed company, that they wouldn't go, oh, can you turn this off? It's too loud. Like, yeah, chicks would like it. It's not. Yeah, it's not like listening to Slayer. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, you can't look. No one's making love to Cannibal Corpse in the in high school. <laughs> and 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 if you are that, that's With what we call it. Person. Yeah, yeah. But if you are, you know, if you do find something, like, <laughs> that's a keeper. Okay. Yeah, hold on yeah, to that. Yeah, because you you know it's a fucking your trunk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul Veneer. You guys know Paul, right? Yeah, I love Paul. Okay. Paul yeah, Nato. Paul. Paul checked in, uh, living on the edge, ragdoll, dude looks like a lady, uh, loving in an elevated, Janie's got a gun. So he's all 80s, 90s, uh, Aerosmith. Um, I think the music's better from that, from that. Do you I think it's, I don't think it's better. I think, I they, think it's good. I think they hit their fucking prime in the, in the, in the late 80s, early 90s. Well, you know, it, it all came together for them. They could become huge because of MTV, like Mark said, the great videos, the, yep. You know, like you said, the the, the girls in the, in the video. I think it really blew up Alicia Silverstein, right? Is that a name? Stone, Stone, Stone. Uh, I was never a real big fan of hers. Um, I mean, she was okay, but uh, Ken Krantz, Ken Krantz. Sure, she's fucking losing, really, really losing sleep over that, Jeff. I, I, I hope she's not. You know, uh, she seems like a nice girl, and um, you know, we, we, we could talk to her after. But let's talk about Ken Krantz's list. Um, you see me? Do you guys know the song? You see me crying? No, because I don't no, think I know that one. Yeah, because no one else had that. Uh, no more. Uh, sweet emotion, last child, 
train kept it rolling. Um, Ken goes deep though. With, with he does. You know, the thing about that song, I don't want to miss a thing. I swear, when I was little, uh, young, I uh, I was never little. I was only young, but um, <laughs> but I thought the opening line was I I I could lie awake just to hear you screaming. <laughs> I think they're going to. I think they're going to change the lyrics and put that in, as one of the uh, Friday the Thirteenth movies. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think that was in, they were in talks for that. Tim Grill, you guys know Tim Grill. I know Tim Grill, okay. comedian, well, Tim, guitar player. Right. So I like when like you know musicians check in on on these lists. Let the music do the talking. Not a bad song, actually. Uh, Walking the dog. That's not a bad song either. Ooh, Sa- no, Sa- yeah, same old song and dance. Uh, you see me uh, crying, and no surprise. Uh, there's you can one. always tell the fucking musicians when they when they make the lists. You know what I mean? It's not one song that was ever played on a fucking radio ever. It's great. Uh, <laughs> and listen, I apologize to not get to everybody's, but I think we should end with this guy here because when he was a guest on the show, Aerosmith was his band, and I'm talking about Davin Rosenblatt, and. He put well. He has he has some different takes too. He uh, also went same old song and dance. Uh, no one ever put this. We had that. only person uh, who put this one on. Chip away at the stone. It's a great song. Oh. Yeah, that's a cool song. Jail bait. Um, he put what it takes, and Mama Kin. Right. You're hearing this, Mark, right? It's not just me. No, I it's kept just you're like waddle cake, waddle cakes, waddle cake. <laughs> It does not sound I like waddle cake. cake. <laughs> I was just gonna say, you know, Waddle, he had a great game today. <laughs> you know what it is? I think I'm thinking that not only was it in my youth that I watched that, uh, watched Aerosmith on MTV, but it's also their older stuff, like the more bluesy hard rock stuff, is amazing music to listen to. But like, it's so hard to like remember, like. Even the the big ones like same old song and dance. When you say Aerosmith, that doesn't just pop in your head. But if it was playing, you go, "Oh, this is a great song." I'll, I'll tell you. I think you hit the nail on the head before too. I think it's because me and you are are one hundred percent the MTV generation. So a lot of times when we hear something, we visually associate it with something as well too, because we were raised on videos. Yeah. So it yeah, yeah. not have that correlation to like like some of the older stuff if you don't have something visual to put with it as well. Yeah, I think, I think when I like when bands evolve. You know, I mean, certain bands like don't end it, but it worked for them. like ACDC, Iron Maiden. You know, they they're not putting out ballads. They're not doing power uh, love songs. They are just doing like what they do and different versions of it on every. And that, that's great. Um, Aerosmith. Is almost like the tale of two different bands. You know, they're they are much, much different later on after they kind of like go through what they sobered up. Exactly. And then kind of <laughs> and, and get together with different writers and producers. Okay. And they come out with a, a, a different, you know, more current radio-friendly sound. I think the 70s stuff is of the time and of the era, and it's it's that hard rock blues sound. I think there are bands today that kind of like follow them i think two bands that come to mind uh one is i think dirty honey is a lot like aerosmith and i think rival sons which was opening for them on their uh, 50th uh tour 
you know, the 50th anniversary tour uh, before it got cut short. They're another band that I think is heavily influenced by Aerosmith, but like 70s Aerosmith, not yeah. not the later version. I mean, you know? is there anybody cooler than a, a very young Steven Tyler and Joe Perry? Like when Bob, you see old video footage of them back to back, like leaning Robert, in. And- Robert Plant? Yeah, but that's just um, Page wasn't cool. See, I understand. Are you fucking out of your mind? Yeah, he wasn't. He was old. He was old. He wasn't cool. He was talented. He wasn't cool. Yeah. Oh, he was. Exactly. Cool. I thought he was cool. <laughs> you know, he was. He was. He was amazing. I mean, Zeppelin. We have. We've. We have yet to do a Zeppelin top five, and I think that's going to be agony. That. That's no thank you. I don't want invited to that dinner. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that. That's a tough one. I mean, they're they're, they're, they're my top three bands. That's a very. That, and I'm not a huge. Like, I'm not one of those super diehard. Like, you know, I listen to Coda. No, fuck that. I mean, I know all the all the major stuff. I don't know that I could pick five. I mean, dude, I really, really, I'm a hundred percent honest when I say this. I respect the hell out of you guys because when I listen to you guys, you guys go deep with bands and you go like songs that are really great. But like, I, I'm more of like a, a hits guy, you know. Like it's like the hits are the ones that I remember and I think of. I respect the shit out of the deeper cuts but you guys go sometimes you guys go so obscure and so Jeff, deep jeff's, worst like, jeff's worst i like i don't well, even you know, know that i think it has to do with the band i love you i know? think it has to do with areas though like where we grew up sean like you, what you mentioned before like you said you grew up on mtv i grew up on like we would listen to the albums Final. Right, right, exactly. right but you would listen and and like your mtv was as you would put on the album you would also now start looking at the liner notes. You would look at whatever the attachments came. So I knew not only the lyrics, I knew who played on it. I knew where they recorded it. And like you would listen to this and read as you were listening to, to the record. And there was it really wasn't a lot of distractions. And so I, I anytime like a new album would come out, I mean, I'd play it from cover to cover. I mean, I'd just like listen to it. And if it was a great album, I, I wouldn't stop listening to it. And yeah. then, like I was in high school, I, I had a drum kit in my room. I would try and play along with it. So, I mean, that was like my entertainment. That's what kept me going. Um, but when it comes to like knowing bands, Dustin Chafin uh, always said, that, you know, just get a greatest hits, you know, and yeah. that, that'll that introduce you to it. And if you like the band, then you can go a little bit and do more of a deep dive into that band. You go down yeah. a band wormhole. Well, that's there's the people that are super purists. Like you always get asked that question. Like if you could have five albums on an island or whatever, you're gonna listen to the rest of your life. What would you pick? I'm always like, well, I just pick greatest hits. All every band's greatest hits, and then you can't do that. You have to pick albums, and it's like greatest hits. Yeah, they're right, Mark. Yeah, you're they're fucking absolutely right. You can't pick a greatest hits. You have to pick your five records. That's it. Why not? They're records. No, because no. you're really not going to be stranded. And the whole point of the exercise is to make that decision on what's a great album. A great sits album is a great sits album. It's a compilation. Here we go. Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, Ed Sheeran's Divide, Gaslight Anthems, Handwritten. Uh, then I'm going to go with, oh, wow, I just got really high again. Uh, Life of Agony's Ugly. Mark knows what I'm going through. I lost my train of thought. Life of Agony's Ugly. And then I will go with Chris Stapleton's Traveler. Wow, he he got I, it written down right. I I know at least a couple. I know I'd go with probably either this number would the take beast. me a month. Yeah, I'd go with either <laughs> number of the beast or uh, peace of mind from Maiden. I probably would go. Now I can't go greatest hits. Gotta go soldier souls for rock and roll would be uh, Sabbath, but I can't do that. So I'd probably have to go paranoid. Uh, Sabbath. You know what? 
crazy thinking about this. I don't. I wouldn't pick anything that was heavy metal because it would get me too amped up, and I'd be stuck on an island walking around. Going, <laughs> <laughs> okay, just pick one. It doesn't have to be. You know, you don't have to. You can regret it later on. But if you're going to pick one album that you would have to listen to, what would it be? It doesn't have. To, and you can change your mind afterwards. But what would you listen Nirvana to? Unplugged. It's a class. It's, it's, that's one of the greatest recordings ever. You put can on. just sit and listen to it and go into your own world. And or Mark, do you know the story about the last world. song? Do mm-hmm. you know the story about the last song? Where, where'd you sleep last night? You know it's a cover song, obviously, right? It's yeah, a there's a lot cover. of covers on it. Yeah, but that was not supposed to be the last song. That was the second to last song, and they were going to come out and do an encore of "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Acoustic was going to be the final song of that recording. And then obviously you saw what happened. It became one of the greatest live performances ever caught on video. And when they went backstage, he grabs the guitar to go back out and they go, nope, you're not doing it. We're ending on that. You you have to have Pete on because he was there for the whole thing. He was worked on that uh, production of the Nirvana Unplugged. You have to have him on. I'm going to connect you guys. That's a brilliant performance. It's like seven covers on that whole thing, too. Yeah. One of the one of the movies I produced, we did a had a cover of that. Where did you sleep last night on it? Oh, really? Constantine Marola sang it. Oh, he's amazing. Whose version is better of Man Who Sold the World? Nirvana or Bowie? Nirvana. I, I love you. David Bowie. I love David Bowie, but Nirvana. It's one of those songs, like when you talk about covers, like, you know, we did at the top of the show. Um, it's one of those songs where, like, does the cover version surpass the original? You know, and I, in that case, yeah, I think it's probably even more identified. Ah, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'll i be honest, when it, Nirvana Unplugged came out, somebody said, that's a David Bowie song. I'm like, oh, shit. And I'm a hey, David Bowie fan. I'll tell you another one who who surpasses Bowie. I think Bauhaus version of uh, Ziggy Stardust is amazing. I don't know if I know it. Oh, yeah, it's good. fucking so good. Oh, my God. God damn it. It's you're giving so me homework. Good. I got to look it up now. Yeah. I mean, if you're driving, it's a great, you know, and you're looking for something to listen to. And you're, okay, just just go, go Bauhaus, man, um, Ziggy Stardust. It is great. It's hard. But it, it's still kind of, you know, I tip a hat to the original. It changes yeah. the arrangement a little bit. It's not work, like like Weezer. Like they covered Africa and they covered Take On Me. And it's the exact, they do it almost like note for note. Yeah. It, they do I, it well, I it was, but there's nothing, but it's not memorable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you got to do your own version of whatever the song is. I mean, I that's why I like I, joke jokes. I like joke jokes because I can hear comedians I respect tell a joke I know and see how they do their version of it. And it's like, I know where the joke's going, but Jeff's going to tell different than Sean. So I want to hear each of your versions of it. And to me, that's like a cover. If you do a cover of a song, I want to hear your version of it. I don't want to hear you replicate and go see a tribute band if I want to see the same shit. Exactly. I think one of the best covers of all time, I've, I've argued this, with people, I think I've even talked about it with Trevor Lee's on the air. Um, I think Johnny Cash's version of Hurt is just so good. I mean, I love Nine Inch Nails. Not a cover, I, it's not a cover anymore, it's his song. Yeah, yeah, well, that, like, that's to what me, I, mean. I hear Nine Inch Nails and I think heroin, and then I hear Johnny Cash and I think heartbreak, right? Well, especially when you know that he dies 
a month after recording that video. Yeah. And the video is just a recap of his life. If you ever heard, Dave, have you ever heard the American recordings? Yeah. So there's like six, the last six albums that Johnny Cash did, which were all produced by Rick Rubin. Yes. And it's some of the most amazing, not just, I mean, I'm a huge country fan. I mean, again, Johnny Cash at the first concert I ever went to. So, but just to hear the rawness in this, in these last six records. And then when you really, like Jeff said, when you realize he's really at the end of his life and he gave you this fucking gift, like Bowie did with black star guy was dying. He had stage four cancer. He was dying. And he puts out one of the best albums he ever did in his entire life. Well, how about also uh, queen? Freddie Mercury doing uh, innuendo, and some, some, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just drawing a blank on on specific songs, but there are songs on there that are just heartbreaking on it, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, I think live so, forever. Well, that, that's great. Maybe Actually, if he didn't get in in his endo, he would have been around <laughs> longer. What do you think? Huh? <laughs> oh fuck. Okay. On that note, on that, I can't, I can't take him anymore. Uh, Mark, tell us a little bit what you got going on. So I have a dry bar special out. Please check it out. The no thing shit. is, really, yeah, it came out in uh, November. And the thing, usually, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't ever usually plug stuff that I've worked on and that I've Obviously, done. I didn't fucking hear about this. I'm very happy for you. Congratulations. Uh, thank you, man. And I, I was working on this. It's the first part of a one man show that I was working on. So, like, when you see this, like, I've been working on this forever, and like trying to get it to be part of a bigger thing. And then when I got, it was last minute, I got offered to come out to do it. And I, I like, I'm never, I never plug shit or do. I'm so proud of this. And they actually let me go a little longer. Like my specials a little longer than the regular timing cool. uh, because they didn't want to cut one of the bits. They didn't want to cut one. So they let me go a little long. I'm so proud of it because it's it, it's like it was basically a thing i've been working on for since i had kids as soon as i had kids i started writing this so, one-man show and so now how, it's, how many years is that an accumulation of nine total like see, people, just, people think it just comes like like i remember nate bargazzi saying the hardest special is, is well the best special is only gonna be your first one that was like 13 years. You got years 20 years in. to write it. Exactly. <laughs> right. And then and then afterwards, you got to start coming out with one every two years, you know? But that's <laughs> that's the big one, the first one you put out with. Yeah. What else you got going on, Mark? Um, I, I got a pretty good schedule coming up for the new year, so I'm excited about it. And we're shooting a uh, a pilot for uh, in next week. Well, I don't know when this will be out, but December 22nd, we're shooting up in Woodstock, New York. And it's a little bit, a uh, little bit tough crowd, a little bit Bill Maher, a little bit, a uh, little bit Tonight Show. And um, if it moves forward, we're going to be getting a lot of artists of all kinds of, not just comedians. There's going to be musicians, filmmakers, all coming on board and hopefully doing stuff. So, well, let us know about it, and if there's anything we can do to help you promote it, get the word out. You know, we're happy I want you to guys do that. to come on it as soon as we shoot the second one. Oh, we'd love to, we'd love to do it, but we just want to also, you know, get your content out there and let people know what's up, you know, especially anything that's that's entertaining and, and it's along the lines of music and comedy. You know, that's that's what we do here. You know, so we're happy to push that. Thank but, you. Uh, also, on the twenty second on YouTube, uh, our web series is coming out that I helped write, and it's called Checked Out, 
And what's, uh, what's that about? Um, so it's two guys that work at a convenience store. One Who's is the crowd at Jeff's show three minutes in. Anyway. <laughs> So it's two guys, why, one guy. Why do you why do you fucking encourage this hack? Okay. <laughs> this, this big... Wait, hey, Sean, this is for you. Oh, you did. That's <laughs> <laughs> an inside joke. The, we'll tell um, you off the air. All right. So basically the premise of it is two guys that work at a convenience store. One guy is extremely woke and he got wrongfully me too'd as a high school teacher. And he needed a job, so his uh, relative got him a job at the convenience store. Who he's a, a felon, an ex-felon who's happy to have the job, and the teacher thinks he's too good for the job. And the store's owned by our good friend Jimmy Palumbo. So, I love Jimmy Palumbo. Yeah, so oh, that, a, that that sounds great. What is it called? Uh, checked out. Checked and it, out. And it, where can people find this? You said on YouTube, or it's coming I'm, out on on December twenty second. December 22nd is the first episode comes out and then we're going to be dropping them every week and it's on 624 productions on YouTube. How long is each episode? They're all like five minutes. Yeah. That's what happens a lot. And I, when we had Sean Conan on um, him and his wife had were producing like this series. Um, and I think it may have picked up by Amazon prime. And at nice. first they were very, very short episodes, like maybe 12 minutes. And then as yeah. it was doing better, you would get the budget to do, you know, 17 and then 22, which becomes almost like a, a half hour uh, special, you know, uh, show. But that's that sounds amazing. That sounds really interesting. It's Check out December 22nd on YouTube. Yeah. I yeah. think it drops at like 7 o'clock. So. It drops. Drop it like it's hot. Yeah. Listen, you're, you're like, you know, it's going to be a new Mark uh, Riccadonna joint. Is that, what, yeah. is that what the kids are calling it these days? Um, yeah, and also check out Mark's dry bar special. You got a lot coming up. You know, it's gonna twenty twenty four is gonna be a big year for you. I hope so, because goddamn, the last five years have been horrible. No, and uh, you know, Sean's got a big year coming up. He's got a couple of uh, diners that he's gonna be doing. So it's gonna be. Um... I'll actually be announcing the theater <laughs> that I'm gonna be performing at in Los Angeles on Friday. Uh, no, ninth. So basically, what I'm telling you is open wide and fucking suck it, dude. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna tell you. Is that true? <laughs> yes. Ah, that's awesome, man. That's congratulations, great. man. That's great. That's gonna be a good one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I guess. I, I guess. Hope. You want to fly out to open for me? Of course. Yeah, I would. Can, <laughs> can you bring twenty, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, I People guess. Four minutes. Yeah, I'm, uh, we, we know we can't do minutes, so definitely yeah. people. I guess I'll be uh, the one playing like uh, diners and VFWs, and it's okay, and... Jeff. Listen, as long as you have those fucking, you know, that 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 killer instinct, you know. I'm thinking that your next set of headshots. So we've already had the the hammer, right? We've had the hammer. The hammer is a classic. Okay, yeah. and we've had the the mustard and the ketchup. Right. Which one are you gonna pick? I don't know the most. Well, oh, Mark, I'll say that. Oh my Come God, on. Mark! If you're gonna if you're gonna eat, where are you going with mustard ketchup? It, it's a common problem that a lot of now, people please, have. You know, what, you know what it is? It's relatability. It's relatability. Yeah. So you know more people in the entertainment industry than I do. So if when you see the mustard and ketchup picture, if you can please forward it to somebody where they can superimpose two gigantic cocks, 
where the mustard and the ketchup are because Jeff's holding them like this. So I really yes. want yes. the picture. Like, 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 I'm, like, like I'm jerking them both like, off. Like Thursday night, Jeff, is what it looked like. Like Thursday night. I don't get the reference for Thursday night. That's what you did on Thursday night. Oh, is that, okay. night for you. Is, that, is that what I did? Full subtlety, Jeff. No, 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 that was a good, no, no, that was a good joke. That so let's think, of the next, let's think of the next set of headshots. Because Mark's a very creative guy. I was thinking maybe of like you holding a grenade and when you pull the pin, you do like a woody face like. You like know, that'd be a good That's thing. not bad. Naughty, that, naughty. That's fucking killer. Right? That's, <laughs> that's what's up. That's that, what's no, up. that's good. That's good. That's a good one, I think. Yeah. I, the grenade would work. This is what I think we should do, like for the next uh, batch of uh, Who's Your Band um, headshots. I think you and I should be back to back, kind of like this, like this. And hold guns. No, hold no, guns. no, no. We're like this with our, our thumbs, like this guy, and you're like that guy. And you we know. should both wear yeah, yeah, like that. I'm I'm with stupid, and we're both pointing the arrows at each other. Uh, that's that's classic, like FM radio, like like crazy guy morning DJs. Morning. I yeah. want you both to know how I deeply care about both of you, but I am entirely not high enough for this fucking conversation. <laughs> well, listen, guys. Uh, Mark, I can't thank you enough for having me on, man. Um, are you kidding me? Always fun. If you ever want to start a show called That's My Bad, please call me. <laughs> that <laughs> But that, that was good. This was this was not an easy undertaking. No, it wasn't. It's always doing fun. Aerosmith, and it was a, a lot of fun. And uh, you know, again, check out the twenty second of December. Uh, Mark's uh, new web series that's coming out, the Dry Boss special, and um, we will catch you next week. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me on, guys. Okay, take care, everyone. Good night, Sean. <laughs> good night, Jeffrey.